0: barefoot lunch podcast is sponsored by tamago db an intuitive cloud-based ats and recruitment marketing platform that streamlines and accelerates your recruitment process it's built for recruitment agencies in japan providing bilingual functionality helping recruitment agencies make quality placements quickly TomagoDB also offers a suite of recruitment marketing solutions including website design, social media strategy, video production, and more, which helps you get your message out. I've been doing recruitment in Japan for over 20 years, and I found using TamagoDB has been a huge benefit to our company being able to really implement video in a big way for our business. So if you want to make an impact, And you don't want to spend a lot of money, I highly recommend you reach out to Tomago DB and find out what they can offer. Welcome to the Barefoot Lunch Podcast, dedicated to helping CEOs hire exceptional people and individuals realizing their ambitions, potential, and land sweet jobs. I'm your host, David Sweet. Welcome to the Barefoot Lunch podcast. I'm here with my friend, Glenn Shimizu, president of Clean Air Scandinavia. Welcome to Barefoot Lunch, Glenn. Thank you, David. So um, tell us us about yourself. Give us a kind of background of you and how you ended up where you're at.
1: Well, uh, I'm a uh, (laughs) Japanese-Canadian, and I graduated from in a from a, a Canadian university on the West Coast, Vancouver specifically, and then spent, you know, let's say 10 years in and out of Japan for the next uh, for 10 years or so after I graduated. And then for the last basically 25, 30 years, I've been working in uh, Canadian and primarily large sort of American multinationals. Uh, I guess the largest one was would be General Electric. I worked there for about five years. And next company was Steelcase. Again, another five years. And this company is a Swedish company, which uh, Clean Air, which I've been with for ten years now. Tell us about Clean Air. And clean air. Uh, the it started uh, in the head office in Sweden. It started 30 years ago, and it was about smoker protection because back then people were smoking in the offices. So they developed a cabin so that, and it was developed by a fireman who was an expert in Sweden on smoke, and uh, he developed a cabin that actually, shall we say, uh, cleaned, eradicated all harmful elements of tobacco smoke uh within the office and then it spread all throughout europe and then 10 years ago it came to japan and then i picked up on it and i thought yes this is what japan needs and um the policy is not about promoting smoke because we do not work together with tobacco manufacturers it's about uh protecting smokers so oh, sorry protecting non-smokers and therefore uh you know it. If people choose to smoke and if if companies choose to, shall we say, allow them to smoke, then we have the cleanest solution. Uh, And that's a company. And then since about three, four years ago, we morphed into cleaning industrial air for warehouses and plants and also hospitals now. Uh, We're actually working with uh, German and Swedish hospital IC units in cleaning coronavirus. Uh, shall we say, for the staff. So when they walk in, uh, you know, with their, I guess, uh, masks, etc., cetera, PPE, uh, our filters are there and they're cleaning the air so it will help the staff. The patients are obviously already sick, but it's more for staff protection. Mm. And then we also have a new division three, four years ago in the States, which is clean rooms. And that's, again, protecting the staff from the toxic effects of uh, different drugs that are being handled. Uh, within the uh, hospital and also drug compounders. Okay. Uh, so we're more we're getting you know, I would say eighty percent, one hundred percent. Let's say ten years ago, smoking. Now twenty third percent is non-smoking related. And then last year in December we went uh, public in the Swedish uh, Nasdaq mm. exchange, and that's gone that's gone as good as uh, you know shall we say public offerings you know have been. Uh, going in the last, let's say, six months. Not a disaster, mm. but simply, yeah, the, the it dropped off, but that's fine. Um, a reasonable amount. Got yeah, the exciting company. It's uh, Yeah,
0: we've, we've sat and talked about uh, what the company does, and there's so much potential, especially for here in Japan, so it's, it's exciting stuff. Now, as you're... So let's talk about recruitment. For Clean Air, What's uh, what do you guys do for an interview process?
1: Uh, well, first of all, we have, we have Probably only two interviews, and uh, the first interview process is I will go through uh, with the with the manager uh, all of the shall we say uh, inter- uh, resumes that come on board. Okay, I will actually look through them. He will look through them, and the reason why I do this, and I will also be on the first interview. Uh, the reason why normally, uh, you know, I guess the, the I guess the president is at the very end, and. Uh, I actually look at it the other way. I mean, if there's somebody in there that shouldn't be in there, I'd like to weed them out and not let have everybody waste their time at the beginning. So uh, I'm at the very start end. And uh, so uh, we're together with the boss and you know we go through the, res- uh, the resumes. And then in terms of the, we have two interviews, one with the directly related and second with the indirectly related. Okay, great. So you're involved straight from the get go. Because I have discovered the hard way uh, that uh, if you don't have the right mix, no matter what you know position that purposes that person is, it's going to create stress within the office, uh, especially in an SME right with small
0: company. It's it's just so important to get the right people that in that small office space. If you have the exactly. wrong person, you. Exactly. Just disrupts everything, right?
1: Uh, uh, depending on the seniority you of the you know question? Uh, or the expectations of the position, I'd say the the one that I like to ask the most is simply you know describe a situation in your career which you're most proud of you know, in terms of contributions to the company. You know, what did you do? Uh, what's your most proudest moment? That would be you know something I like to ask. And describe the story. Sorry,
0: what, what are you looking for? What are you looking for in that? Uh, that Mostly, you know, starting from ground
1: zero or a very low base and then actually, you know, finding the business or creating the model or, you know, starting from a very hard situation and building it in over three or four years, then you, you know, built yourself into a position of competency. So as opposed to inheriting a position and running it, it's more about, you know, shall we say, uh, creating the position uh, from ground zero.
0: That's great. Super. That's insightful. What about, uh, do
1: you have a best or worst uh, actually, candidate worst, interview story? I, honestly, I don't think, you know, the worst we normally don't get to because we look at the resume. Uh, best, I guess the best would be, it's not really an interview. It's it's mm-hmm. the way I used to, uh, so we say recruit. And I would recruit at, uh, you know, my, it's not my direct competitors, but the vendor's shall we say, Christmas parties. So I'd be invited to vendors Christmas parties and and all of the people in our industry with good salespeople would all be showing up. And so it's basically networking with those guys and see who you click with. with. And that was sort of, you know, how I picked up some pretty good people.
0: Okay. Out networking and... Having a, exactly. a drink or two and you get to know and people on a casual Normally you basis won't
1: see those people unless it's a there. Christmas party or a, you know, like a reception or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's overlooked. A lot of presidents that I see get uh, complacent and tend not to go out networking or proactively going out and meeting people that could potentially build up their their pipeline right. of... of
1: of talent later on, right? Well, what about uh, uh, best, worst, resumes? Is, is the easy one, easy part in that, you know, if you see anybody with six months, one year, two or three times in a row, boom, goes off. Gone. One, if you can't yeah. stay with the company, company at least three yeah. to four years, uh, personally, you know, at least twice or once or something like that. It's, st- it's stability. So that's the worst. Um, the best, you know, in in a lot of ways, depending on the position, uh, I find the best for our purposes are, are people who work in Japanese companies, you know, good Japanese companies, um, but, you know, a mm-hmm. long history, you know, of five or 10 years, um, even 15 years, and, um, and also have worked up within that company. So, um, and the reason why I say that is because you know, if we're looking for somebody with English skills, in particular, if even if with English skills, uh, one, in those five, ten years, these guys have learned team play, how to work within a team, how to get along with people. And then if they have a record of rising within that Japanese organization, that also means they have competency. They've been recognized, you know, to a certain extent. So that's kind of the best kind of resume mm-hmm. i found. So you
0: like someone who's been in a Japanese company for 10 years and then yes, would go yeah,
1: yeah. into a gaishikei? Yeah. And then, and exactly. then the, maybe the third. They, they, they might have been in a gaishikei or, or they might come straight out of the Japanese company. Um, so either way, either way. Um,
0: okay. Do you find any challenges with... Um, Candidates that are coming from a Japanese companies well transitioning we, into a Geish very candidate.
1: little problems, and the reason why is because you know uh, you know the, the environment that uh, I hope and I think is is a lot more free allows for you know I say more freedom, less bureaucracy, um, obviously you know better conditions. Uh, you know, I think we offer better conditions all the way around and a better environment. So that's why we. I don't think we've had any, um, uh, shall we say, issues. And and I can. I can. Uh, I'm not going to obviously mention names. So we've had some com- people come in uh, from, uh, so we say, large Japanese companies that have been struggling, and uh, then they would come in and they were just like uh, so surprised that they could get actually brand new stationery. A brand new computer, (laughs) you know, and and things like that. So that's the first impression. Oh, we get we get actually, and then we don't have to pay for our own plastic personal folders and things like that. I just hear nightmares, right? And so you know, um, some of them have suffered, uh, you know, a lot. Let's put it that way. And so and therefore they're appreciated when they come in, and and, you know, uh, they know uh, hard situations. Uh, they've been in hard situations. So it's good and uh, they don't complain. They're just appreciate. That's great. They appreciate it. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's jump into recruiters. Do you use recruiters? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we recruit, we use recruiters for, you know, as much as we can. Uh, so we uh, let's say, let would say two or three recruiters uh, right now. That's all we use. How do you select, how do you select a recruiter? Um, I would say, it's based on the response. So if we give a recruiter a chance you know, to work with us and if we get the quality of the response and the timing of the response uh, is not very good, then, well, then we'll probably not work with you again. And also, you know, if there's a, a personal, perhaps a connection into a certain recruiter, okay, we'll look at that also. Um, but it's quality response and, uh, shall we say, the, uh, the number of responses that we can get. Mm-hmm. You know, when they offer a position out. and uh, Depending on the, the company, some companies are strong in this field and some companies are strong in that field. And then we can gradually work it out. What do you, what do you think makes a great recruiter? Uh, I think somebody who's just a hustler, basically. You know, it's, it's digging. It's getting down there and finding the candidates, you know, for this position. So you're offering a position out. And it looks like look the position, reads the position, reads the company well, and then, you know, getting down there and digging and searching for potential con- candidates out there for us. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you can really tell some guys, shall we say, you know, dig super hard and very quickly, very aggressively. There's yep. a big yeah. difference.
0: Yeah. I, in my career, that's you those. Uh... It's like a dog with a bone. Those recruiters that have a, that can go out and they just smell it and they can, they just really go out and, and chase the deal. That's great. That's what you want, right? Yep. Um, and I, I like it when there, there's high communication between the the client and, and the recruiter. I think that's important. If you were going to give advice to people on a job search, what what would you give advice to people for being successful in their job search?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting question. I would, uh, you know, uh, depending on your marketability, obviously, if you're extremely marketable, you talk to one or two firms, right? You know yeah. And if you're, you know, moderate marketability, you might want to spread yourself out to five or six or seven firms, I think. And uh, obviously, if you feel yourself you're low marketable, okay, spread, spread it out even wider. Uh, you know, your search with the client, with the recruiters. And then I would say, you know, recruiters, you have to go, that's your first stop, you know, uh, especially for multinationals. Um, You know, recruiters, are your first stop. And then, uh, you know, um, working and talking to, uh, shall we say, uh, recruiters, individuals, recruiter, uh, shall we say, salespeople that you click with.
0: In your career as uh a, as a manager, what what leave us with an omiyage here? What's uh, what would you give us as a recruitment hack? As a manager, what would uh, what would you say as a recruitment hack in your life?
1: What I do, you know, for uh, especially sales positions, um, you know, and we have somebody that we know is good. I invite them out to dinner at a great restaurant, you know, and um, you know if we have them like they're Usually these good people, strong, especially salespeople, or or not even salespeople, uh, you know, strong people we need on the back office side. Uh, they've got three or four different offers they're looking at. And so I personally invite them out for dinner at a great restaurant because mm. that means, hey, you know, I'm interested in you and uh, important to us. And, you know, uh, I don't mind investing. I, I want to invest in eating with you, learn to talk to you or learn, yeah. learn who you are with the boss, your potential boss. The so two of us who we'll go with them to a good, good restaurant. And that would, you know, probably uh, make us stand out because I don't know how many companies do that, but that would be, that's my technique.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you're, you're leading into, uh, I, I like to end the, the podcast with three questions. Um, so I'm going to skip to to one of them for restaurants, since you're talking
1: about great restaurants. Uh, what's your favorite lunch? Lunch, 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 lunch. I would, uh, personally, I would say sushi, but lunch quality at sushi is all really not really that good. So you know, <laughs> they, they leave the best quality for dinner, as we all know. You don't get the best quality at lunch. Yeah. I, I would say, personally, uh, you know, I love a good prime rib, you know. Uh, nice. Where would you go get a good prime rib in Tokyo? Lori's, uh, Lori's is good. You know, I'm a simple guy, and just need a nice roast beef. Uh, you know, prime rib. I'm good for that. If you had
0: uh, one book you would recommend everyone should read, what do you
1: recommend? Uh, there's a book I read uh, probably 20 years ago. It's called The Tao of Health, Sex, and Longevity. I think a lot of people have read this book actually, especially uh, you know multinational community. And it's a guy called Daniel Reed. He's a Western doctor who's analyzed Tao and all of the sort of the Chinese, you know, medicines. And uh, so and it's quite interesting. And, you know, we're talking about 1989 where he's talking about a diet of fresh vegetables and fruit. And, uh, oh. you know, it's a very good analysis. It's a, it's a very, you know, encompasses food, exercise, personal lifestyle sex longevity everything
0: that's awesome i'll I'll check that out good recommendation and uh last if you could invite anyone to lunch living or dead who would you invite
1: well um my first uh my first thought would be barack obama you know very common you know that would be my i could sit with him and talk and i think you'd actually have an exchange a conversation as we both know, most politicians you wouldn't have an exchange; it would be a one-way road. Yeah. I think it would be—he'd actually be listening. <laughs> so that would be my favorite. And another guy who I'd like to speak to and like to, uh, you know, uh, meet would be uh, Geronimo. He's an Apache uh, uh, war leader. Uh, I'd like to talk to him, but the fact is. If, even if, if he's I probably if he sat down with lunch for me he wouldn't be very communicative <laughs> why would, he doesn't look like that. why geronimo uh just because you know uh shall we say what he achieved and his resources and what he did you know were or so shall we say he achieved so much with so little resources mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he helped basically the U.S. military off for you know six months. Yeah. They were he was the most wanted man in in, uh, in America back in the 1800s. Now, I don't say that you know he, he, he some of the things he had to do or he did were uh, shall we say uh, acceptable, but what he did achieve, you know, was was I think was was uh, quite extraordinary.
0: That's awesome. Is uh, is that a model for your your management?
1: Well, a little bit of both, a little bit of Barack, a little bit of uh, Geronimo, yes.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Great answer. It's it's one of my favorites. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. I appreciate you for spending time with us. It's been uh, very insightful. This brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for being a listener. The Barefoot Lunch podcast is released on the 1st and 15th of the month and can be found on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. If you like what you've heard, please leave a rating and a nice comment. And thank you. Our original music was composed and performed for the Barefoot Lunch podcast by Sweeney Davis.